0: Kids Safe, Mother Approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids.
1: Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions.
2: Thank you
3: and welcome to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Brianna Beaton, and today we are talking about Minions, the Seventh Dwarf, Ant-Man, and Terminator Genesis. So right now we are speaking with 17 year old Michelle from Miami about Minions. So how are you today, Michelle? I'm doing very good. How about you? I'm
4: fabulous. So first, can you tell me what you thought about this movie? Minions, I loved every second of it. I think it was so cute. Um, It's definitely a film that families will love, and yeah, I just, I really enjoyed it. (laughs) I'm glad you did. I also watched this movie um, a few weeks ago, so I loved it as well. So can you tell (laughs) us the storyline? So in the movie, you're basically following the minions around from the dawn of time or they have consecutive failures with various evil masters. And you know the minions without their masters feel pretty useless. So yep. they fall into a deep depression. But there is one minion named Kevin who proposes to his fellow minions. He will find them a new master once and for all. And soon enough, along with Bob and Stuart, his search led them to Scarlet Overkill.
3: I absolutely love how this movie is kind of so original. Because you never, like I've never seen a movie about three blobs of yellow stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Have you ever seen this before, this movie? Exactly. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I believe Pierre Coffin designed the Minions and all their, you know, emotions and what they feel like to the audience. How do you like the
4: design of them? I think they're they're, since they're so unusual, they're very unique. I think it's awesome. It's definitely something nobody will ever think about and the fact that they have a whole movie dedicated to them. I just love it. I love the idea. Yeah, I think it's a good addition to the you know the other movies that they have
3: made so it's like this is this is just the minions this is just kevin stewart and bob which they definitely needed (laughs) (laughs) so what did you think about this movie as a whole like do you think that everything worked together well i think
4: it was flawless i think the fact how they have their own movie and Everything was made so seamlessly, and it tied into all of the other movies. Um, you know, towards the end, I, I think it was perfect. They did a really good job. One thing that I loved was that it was based on the '60s, and I love the '60s. I love that era. So it had like awesome music and everything. The graphics was it was just awesome.
3: Yeah, I, I really like how they they didn't take it to now like they didn't take it to modern right now it was like they had all this past but then they continued but they didn't go right up to you know the right. 2000s so how did you like the music the music in the beginning and end. did the music change because it was the 60s yeah
4: definitely instead of playing the 60s music like right from the beginning of the movie, and um, towards the end, actually, like post credits, the Minions burst into song Revolution by the Beatles. It was, mm-hmm. I feel like the soundtrack by the Minions was, that's another awesome feature from the movie. Their soundtrack is friggin' super cool. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's
3: kind of different from a lot of films because they're Definitely. singing in it, and it's not just songs that everyone knows, it's their yeah, own songs that they put their own twist on.
4: Yeah, I think that's what makes it, like, really good for families, because it has both ends. Even though it's a kids' movie, they put all of these awesome songs that the parents will remember and listen to forever. And how many stars do you give this film? Five out of five stars. And why is that? Because it's awesome, and it's both for parents and kids, and it's definitely all around a great movie. A
3: great family film. That's good. And Sandra Bullock is one of the voice actors in this film, and she is phenomenal. I love her. She's just awesome. And she played Scarlett Overkill in this movie. So she doesn't really do a lot of voiceovers. How did you think she did in this film?
4: Honestly, like, since it was the first time I've ever seen her. Do a voiceover film. She did mm-hmm. such a great job. I think she really pulled it off as Scarlett Overkill. I can't really imagine anyone else doing Scarlett Overkill's voice now.
3: Mm-hmm. When I saw this film, I didn't know it was her. Like, I knew she played Scarlett Overkill, but then I totally forgot when the movie started. I was like, oh, and then I looked <laughs> it up afterwards and I'm like, oh my gosh, that was... Yeah, that she was- did pull it up. <laughs> So, some of their language is a bit gibberish, as you can see. Was it easy to follow along with what they were saying, even though you didn't know exactly what they were saying? Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because I,
4: I, fo- I thought I heard some Spanish, and I was like, ooh, go somewhere. Yeah, like, <laughs> they mix up a lot of things. It's either Spanish, English, or Italian. It's It's a yes. crazy mix, but... It's super cute. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to ask you something, and you have to do it because I'm asking you to.
3: In the love United okay, nice
4: <laughs> voice. You have to talk in a minion talk. No, oh my
3: god, that's really yes. hard. I'm pretty sure you perfected it. Okay, what do you want me to say? Um, hello, my name is Michelle. It's nice to meet you. <laughs> oh my
4: god, okay. Um, hello, my name is Michelle. It's nice to meet you. I can't do it, it's so hard. <laughs> It's okay. That was
3: awesome. That was fabulous Well, thank you, Michelle, for telling us all about the Minions and your awesome Minion voice. It's available in theaters <laughs> now, people, so please check it out. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Brianna Hobbiton, and today we're talking about Minions the Seventh, the seventh Dwarf. Ant-Man and Terminator Genesis. So right now we are speaking with Michelle again about The Seventh Dwarf. Michelle, what did you think about this film? I think it was really
4: cute. It's definitely different. I think the fact that they put a bunch of our many different kids' tales into one movie, I think it was really cool. And can you tell us the storyline to this film? Yes, ma'am. So um, in The Seventh Dwarf, the film begins the night before Princess Rose's 18th birthday, and everyone in her kingdom has come to the castle to celebrate her birthday, but The thing is, right before midnight, Bobo, who is the youngest dwarf, accidentally had pricked Princess Rose's finger with a cursed needle. Which unfortunately caused the whole kingdom to fall into a century long sleep. But after that, the dwarves go on a crazy journey to find Rose's true love, Jack, to end the curse and save her with a kiss.
3: <laughs> and does, since we know the story of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, did you, when you were watching this, did you kind of see it in a different life,
4: like a completely different light that you once thought it was? Definitely. It wasn't, the way I interpreted it, at least, it's definitely more comedic in a sense. It's funny, because the dwarves, actually two of them, aren't really that small. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, so how are you dwarves? <laughs> yeah, how are you dwarves? So, that was definitely different from the Snow White. And who was your favorite dwarf? Ooh, um, definitely Bobo. Just because he's so cute and tiny, and, I don't know, f- figuring that he's the one that actually created the problem, he found a solution with all of his friends. And I find that nice.
3: hmm And with this it, I mean, Bobo, I don't think was not in the original <laughs> Snow White yeah. and the Seven Dwarfs. So is there? But is there any similarities between the original Seven Dwarfs and these? I
4: feel like most of the personalities they all click somehow. I don't know. I feel somehow. like Bobo reminds me a lot like Dopey. And I actually thought about it the other day. You know how Dopey is? It's kind of a word for like crazy or like loopy. Mm-hmm. And Bobo, it actually in Spanish is like like. pretty much the same meaning. Yeah, so I feel like they definitely have some characteristics very similar to me.
3: That is cool, Leo. This film is, it seems as though it's for younger audiences, but as a teen, did
4: you enjoy it? Yeah, definitely. It's different. I think that's why I enjoyed it so much. And what makes this film different? It's, it's, I don't know. I've never seen a film that combines all of our favorite original Disney stories into this huge fiasco with all of these different characters coming together i think that's why i enjoyed it so much
3: and since this film is a disney well not a disney story is since it's a fairy tale and
4: every fairy tale has its villain does this film have a villain and who is he or she yes ma'am they have like a really ugly evil witch called de la morta Ooh, <laughs> I never heard of her before but that's cool, yo. Yeah? <laughs> and how many
3: stars do you give this film i give this film four out of five stars And what is something that
4: stood out to you in this film? Like, it could be the music, it could be the voice actors. What stood out to you? Definitely the storyline. I think it was just really cute how they put everything together. It's different, like I said, and I don't know, it's just all around, like a really cute film, and I think everybody will enjoy it, definitely. And did you get closure to everything that you
3: thought you would? Like, sometimes in a movie, you're like, whoa, I didn't get the answer to that, and then you're like, sat there just wondering well yeah for actually yeah i think i did get closure for
4: pretty much everything and is there any is is there anything that you would like to see more of in this film Cool question um i feel like the seventh dwarf a second movie would actually be pretty awesome i don't know i i fell in love with all of the dwarves and all of their personalities and i'd like to see more of them definitely
3: (laughs) and since we're speaking about a second film what do you think it would be called If they made
4: a second one. Ooh. That's a good question. Honestly, I was just thinking about, like, the Seven Dwarf 2, but now that (laughs) you've That's actually pretty hard. Well, we'll just stick with The Seven Dwarfs, too, because that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Michelle, thank you so much for talking with
3: us today and telling us all about The Seven Dwarfs. Thank you so much for having me. I look forward to speaking with you again. It's in select theaters in July and on DVD on August 18th, guys, so please check it out. It seems like a very different and cute movie. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Brianna Hobiton from Kids First Coming Attractions.
1: We didn't invent Kid Talk, we perfected it, and at a very young age. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year, or join our national campaign this fall. Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Kids. Express yourself.
0: What about the world concerns you? Is it future success? Is it world issues? Are you just looking to change the world in general? Tune in to What Up, World? It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, or what you look like. Everyone is entitled to the same chance for success. Follow your dreams. Move forward. Make a difference. Tune into What Up World every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
1: You are tuned into to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up.
2: Hey, welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakeslee, and we just got talking about Minions and also 7th Wrath with wonderful Michelle. Right now, I'm talking to George, 16-year-old George from Miami, and also Willie, who's 16 and from Orlando. We're going to be talking about the latest Marvel film, Ant-Man. So, I'm excited to talk about this film, because, as you know, I'm a Marvel fan. George, what did you think about this film?
5: Ant-Man is not one of those characters that you think of the most from Marvel, but I think they made it perfect, and he's now my favorite superhero. It, it was perfect. I loved it.
2: Uh, I'm a personal fan of Ant-Man. I think he's great. Willie, I am very interested to see about your opinion about this film, so what did you think about it?
6: I went in with, you know, expectations of it'll be good, but not Not great, you know, which is a mistake on my part, because I I was blown away. And maybe, maybe my low expectations didn't, or maybe it was just that great of a film. But it really holds its own against the likes of uh, Age of Ultron and Iron Man. Well, as always, great.
2: I'm glad you enjoyed it. Now... Really, I have to bring this up. You wrote a wonderful blog called Artists Make Art for Artists. It was wonderful. If you guys want to read it, check it out. It's on our website. And you mentioned that audiences don't appreciate um, artistic films like Woody Allen films against films like Avengers. So do you feel like that a comic book film, since we're talking about Ant-Man, could be considered as
6: art? If so, how? Well, art has to tell a story, but in the context of film... You have your your movies, the ones you go on a date night with, like Ant-Man, and then you have others that you, you go see at your local independent theater, like a Cloud Atlas or The Tree of Life. Ant-Man, in all of its hilarity and special effects, is a movie. It yes. is something you go enjoy to see. I'm not sure if it'll stand the test of time as something that'll represent us well as a film, but it sure is a lot of fun.
2: Yes, and we need films like that. We just need films just for entertainment. But what I'm asking is... Do you think that a comic book movie, any comic book movie, not just Ant-Man, could ever be considered as
6: art? And if so, how? The, it can, but only if it allows itself to go deeper than its conventions. Then it's good guy versus bad guy, you know? It has to add something deeper to its to its themes, and it has to sink into our minds and actually make us think.
2: Well, I think it's a, it's a very thought-provoking blog, and we could talk a lot about it, but Thank you. I want to make sure I just wanted to see what your thoughts about it. But back to Ant-Man. George, since he's now your favorite superhero, what makes him your favorite superhero now? Like, with his characters and his powers.
5: I think that the way that he he went from being something, well, being a criminal to saving the world makes his story inspirational. And I just like his, like, cheeky comebacks and the way he's, like, uh, sassy about what he does.
2: And George, are you a Marvel fan of any way?
5: Yes, extreme Marvel fan.
2: Then we are going to get along just fine. <laughs> so then, do you feel like this film, um, George, can live up to its predecessors like Avengers? And do you feel like it can maybe incorporate it into the other Avengers film?
5: I mean, um, I, I like reading the comics as, as well. So Ant-Man does play a big part in the Avengers. He does? So at first, I, I assumed that they were making Ant-Man just because they needed him. But um, now I see that he is a great superhero and that he is at the level of the Avengers, so it, it was perfect.
2: That's good, and I'm glad it's not just another beast just to have another Avengers. He actually does live quite well in his own universe, in his own movie, much like Iron Man and Captain America, which is fantastic. So, really, what did you think about the character Ant-Man in general, like, like the man behind the mask? Did you feel like he dealt with a good drama, much like Iron Man or maybe Hulk with inner demons? Oh yeah, um, Ant-Man
6: is definitely um, a very good character. He's just not a very well-known character. Yep. And Paul Rudd was the perfect choice to yep. play him. The perfect choice.
2: Yeah, it's hard to make a character who talks to ants and is able to shrink down to little size. It's it's not easy to make a character that interesting, especially in today's society. Well, not, not to say society. today's movie industry. Wow, that made it sound too big. Anyway, <laughs> so I need to see this film. I have not seen this film yet. I can't wait to see this film because it's Ant-Man. I love Ant-Man, and I just, I, I wonder... If the next Avengers is going to happen, we'll see. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, And we've been talking about Minions, Terminator, Genesis, Seventh Wars, and Ant-Man. I'm continuing to talk to George and Willie about Ant-Man. George, I gotta ask, what about the special effects?
5: I wouldn't know what to tell you because, um, I don't know. It was, there wasn't many. I feel like everything that he did was plausible where they didn't need, much special effects
2: really so not much cgi which is like no no
5: i feel like they filmed most of it on like a green screen type thing and they just shrunk it in editing but um everything that he did was kind of plausible but the small cgi that i did see it, it looked great and it didn't look fake
2: well not just cgi like green screen effects like that did you feel like it was it did kind of was updated for maybe like other comic book films like what'd you think
5: oh yeah well i mean I'm a I'm type of person that I, I like pointing out when something looks fake in, the, in yeah. the movies, but in this movie, I didn't really see anything that looked fake. Everything looked real and realistic.
2: That's really cool. So, really, I want to go back to that blog for just one moment. In regards to Ant-Man, do you feel like that the film industry should have a balance between just entertain- films that are just purely entertainment and films that are supposed to be artistic? Like, what kind of a balance do you
6: feel like the entertainment business should have? I mean, there is already sort of a balance, you know, but... The movies that get the biggest backing, the movies that get, you know, the big premieres and all the Hollywood stars go to it and the million-dollar budgets are the movies that are going to make a return, like Ant-Man or Avengers. The likes of Woody Allen or, let's say, Terrence Malick, a lot of the time they're independently produced you know, by their own companies or smaller companies, and oftentimes they don't see a return back on their movies. So should there be a balance? Yes, but I don't think there there will be. Well, I just... Well, I, I like bringing up your blog because it does
2: kind of tackle Marvel and comic book and blockbusters. I just It's a very thought-provoking blog, so I just had to bring it up. Thank you. Uh, no problem. So, George, is there anything that you want to see more from Ant-Man? Did you feel like this film wanted you to see more of what he could do? I mean, I want to
5: know what other powers he has because in the in the movie, they just shrunk him and controlled yes. the, the ants and all the different types of ants. But I want to see what he can do with, like, uh, working together with the other heroes, uh, like the Avengers.
2: And also, do you feel like this film is just only for Marvel
5: fans? Uh, no, because I feel like some jokes that they made, it it could like if you're not a Marvel fan, you have to be interested now because. Some of the stuff that they said, it just made you think and laugh, and it was perfect.
2: Yeah, totally. And what I was kind of afraid of about this film is Avengers came out a few months before it. So I was afraid that this film was going to get lost in the shuffle of all the Marvel movies that were coming out of time. But I'm glad this film is getting a great following, because this character is actually a big part of the Avengers. And actually, quite a few people didn't like it that the they made an Avengers movie without Ant-Man and Wasp. But he's here and hopefully we'll see more of him. really what, are there any messages in this film that you found any interest?
6: Redemption. Ant-Man um, redeems himself. He's, he's, a, he's always been a good guy, you know? The reason he goes to jail, and I won't spoil anything, but the reason he goes to jail isn't really bad. It was just illegal, but his intent behind it was noble. So he's, he's, awesome. he's not the guy that gets, you know, he does the right thing and has to take the fall for it because his, his intentions are good. So I think um, nobility is a good message, and redemption, because, you know, he comes back from his, his prison sentence and does something great.
2: Well, when I asked you the question, all you said was redemption, like, whoa. I mean, <laughs> I got serious for going out, and yeah, that's always great. I, I like characters like that, the rising hero, and how a character like that can redeem himself. Much like... Characters like Iron Man, he had inner demons, he had a bunch of, a lot of stuff he did wrong, and yet he made up for it for actually doing something right and worth living for. And that's actually a good message, and I'm glad. I mean, superhero films are not just mindless action, in my opinion. They can actually tell stories. Oh, I'm sorry? You kind of chuckled at that. May That's why?
6: <laughs> I think that's a, that's a different discussion. <laughs> ah! Why is that? I'm curious. No, it, I, I don't want to take up too much time with this. But I, are there good messages? Yes. But there has to be. There has to be some kind of core to get us to care. But the convention kind of drowns it out because, you know, we know it's coming and it's been done so many times over and in so many, you know, better ways that it is just kind of balanced entertainment with this um, emotional, you know, bravo thrown into it just for the sake of us caring. I mean, yeah. it works. I mean, you know, it works, but... It's not really... Well, I no, I
2: appreciate your opinion. I think it's actually really thought-provoking, and I'm really interested in hearing it. But again, I'm sad that we're out of time. Thank you so much, Willie and George, for creating this review into a wonderful discussion about film. So thank you guys so much. It's been a pleasure. Do you mind if I
5: make one last comment? Sure. Uh, For all the people that are going to watch the movie, make sure you stay all the way to the end, because the novel always has uh, small scenes after. But there's one after scene but then there's one all the way at the end so make sure to stay to the
2: end good point thank you very much george this film is in theaters august so not august july 17th please go check it out let's take a break i'm your host keeper Blakesley, and you're listening to kids first coming attractions
1: Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. What do you want to do? Are you interested in the performing arts?
4: We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android
2: Market.
1: You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up.
3: Welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Brianna hope Beaton, and today we have just finished speaking to George and Lily about Ant-Man, which was a great interview, by the way. Shout out to Kiefer. We are talking about Minions, the Seventh Dwarf, Ant-Man, and Terminator Genesis. So right now we are speaking with 11-year-old Cameron from North Carolina about Terminator Genesis. Thank you for joining us today, Cameron. How are you? Good. And can you please, first off, I mean, start by telling us what you thought about this film?
7: Well, what I thought about this film was that it was getting a little confusing because they used all the past Terminators.
3: Mm-hmm. So you so you really feel like this film is a type of film that you would need to see the other films to understand? Yes. Anything else that you liked about this film? Um. Yes, I liked about the holograms. Where mm-hmm. I can't really explain it, but I really liked it. That's great. Can you please tell us the plotline of this film? The so plot line. Yes. Is, like, like, what, what is a plot line? A plot line is basically the story of the film, like what happens, what what you learn from it. What I learned from it is that
7: there is there is not the end of the world. There will never be, and and you cannot go to back to the past or the future.
3: Yeah, I totally agree with you. And you know, the storyline or plot line to this film is is you know John Connor sends Kylie Reese back in time to protect Sarah Connor. And I've seen a few of the other Terminators um, with my dad, which was an awesome experience because I love my father and Terminator. So um, do you think that only Terminator fans can enjoy this movie?
7: Yeah, I'm a Terminator fan. I saw, like, I saw the Terminator, and I saw the first Terminator and the second one. I didn't get a chance to see the others. And do you think that you
3: need to see, like, all of the Terminators before you see this film? Or do you think you can only see one or two and totally understand it?
7: Terminator Genesis is, like, comparing, is comparing to the first one because they're doing the exact same thing
3: of what happened. Oh, I totally understand what you're saying. And do you think that, you know, the one character, Arnold Schwarzenegger... Like, do you think this film surrounded around him and he made the film? Or do you think that everyone contributed into this awesome, fantastic film?
7: That everybody contributed to the awesome, the, the and act, the action, and the awesomeness.
3: <laughs> and can you tell me about the action? Like, what do you like about it? The action, I think it was a little too violent
7: for younger kids. But it was a little yeah. too violent for younger kids. Yes, because still... cause they have a lot of blowing up in it and a lot of people are dying, and and there's a lot... Then John Connors is is trying to kill... It's like something weird. It's like Kyle dies, and then he keeps on going back and forth, back into the Mm -hmm. movies. So you got very
3: confused, and you think it was a little bit too violent for you? Or for younger audiences? Well, I get a lot of used
7: to that stuff, because I watch a lot of action movies. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Another... Another confusing thing about it is that why why do they have to use all those terminators when they have one, when they only have
3: one person? Oh, see that is a that is a question that you you know, you, watching all the Terminators and watching this film, you you may never know. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host Brianna Hopeton, and today we are talking about Terminator Gen- Genesis and Minions. So right now, let's continue speaking with Cameron about Terminator Genesis. So we were just talking about the plot line and um, what she got out of this film, and Arnold Schwarzenegger, and all those types of things. So how many stars do you give this film? I would get it three out of
7: five. And why is that? Because I don't think some people would
1: get this film.
3: Oh, for all the confusing things and things from the other yeah. films? Yeah. And do you think the setting is realistic? I mean since this film is not in our time period currently, do you still do you still think that some of this in the future or the past could be realistic?
7: Well, I don't think the future or the past from the movie will be really realistic, because not because not all that stuff would be happening. Mm. And do you, like, you think, think this will have there, though, in the future, though? Mm.
3: And do you think this film will be the final film for the Terminator series? Oh, um, I think so, and I hope so, because mm-hmm. Arnold's Terminator is getting
7: is getting a little too old for it, and ah. I don't I don't think they would they would put in Kyle anymore, mm-hmm. like send
3: Someone else,
7: and not even John Connors.
3: And can you please tell me about what you thought about the length of the film? Was it too long? Too short? I think it was a just right film. And is there anything I, that you would take out of take out of this film or add to it? I would take out
7: the settings because they used the exact same settings as the as the original. Uh, the so same, the same place, the same people, the same um speaking in this, the same language, and for the three guys that were at, were, that were at their sightseeing, um, they said the exact same words as the old one.
3: So it felt a little bit redundant? Yeah. And is there anything else besides, you know, the violence or, or anything else that parents should look out for when taking their children to this film, or is that it?
7: Well, they, sh- they should make sure they they should um make sure not to take like a younger child there because they could get scared. Like leave it with somebody you can trust.
3: mm mm-hmm. And do you have a
7: favorite character in this film? Yes. Um, Pop, which is Arnold Schwarzenegger, he was the leader, but um Sarah, Sarah-, Sarah Connor calls some pops because she was because because he-, he raised her.
3: Mm-hmm. And how was the acting in this film? Because Arnold Schwarzenegger plays the guardian, and uh, Jason Clark plays John Connor, and Amelia Clark plays Sarah Connor. So, what did you think about the acting? The
7: acting? Mhm. Um. Sarah Connor. She, I think they should should put if if um, Linda Hamilton was drunk enough to put to bring to bring her back in, she would have she would have came in there and make and she would have had a. Had a lot more action to it, but I but um I think Sarah Connor was a little was a little looked a little too sweet for her for oh for, for her character.
1: character that that
3: sometimes yeah. happens like they kind of don't match the character but in a way they do and what did you think about the relationships between all of the characters
7: I think Pop was really trying to was trying to was trying to save Kyle was trying well. Jumped. Well, I feel like that John Connor sent Kyle to go help Sarah Connor, but instead, oh, Pops went to go help her survive. Mm.
3: Well, it sounds like this film has a lot of twists and turns, and I've heard both sides of the story. I mean, you seem to like it a little bit, and I've heard some people who love this movie, and I know some people who didn't like it as much. So it's really cool to see all the different, I guess, opinions and views that this film got. Well, Cameron, thank you so much for talking with us today and telling us all about Terminator Genesis. You're welcome. It's in theaters now, guys, so please check it out. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Brianna Hopiton, from Kids First Coming Attractions.
0: We don't
1: care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. What's cooking? Join Kid Chef Eliana for Cool Kids Cook. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up.
2: Up, up. Oh, I'm sorry. We should be talking to Hey, welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, And we just got done talking about the film Terminator Genesis, Ant-Man and Seven Dwarfs. By that intro, you probably guessed that we are going to be talking about the film Minions. But we have here, Triana. How are you doing, Triana? Good. How
0: about you?
2: Fantastic. Well, what did you think about this film?
0: I thought this film was actually great because... The Minions played an important part in Despicable Me, in the, in the Despicable Me's, and they needed their own little film. So I thought this film was great for them because they
2: had their own opportunity to express themselves. Now, have you seen the other Despicable Me films?
0: Yes, I have.
2: Yes. And I, I love the Despicable Me films. I have not seen Minions yet, but I can't wait to see it. I need to go out into movies because I need to have some movie time. So, <laughs> this film as most of us know, is pretty much speaking a lot of gibberish by the, well, minion talk, as they say. So, did you feel like that kept the story going very well?
0: Yes, because it also made it hilarious.
2: And how did it didn't make it hilarious with them speaking gibberish?
0: Because the way they talk, and nobody understands the way they talk. So, it just made it very funny for the crowd.
2: Yeah, the emotion behind it. I, I like what Michelle said about it. She says it's a mixture of Italian, English, Spanish. Yeah um, Klingon, no, I'm kidding, uh, (laughs) I mean, so many languages, I, you have no idea, but it's, it's a fun little gibberish language they have, so, they have, we have some pretty fun celebrity voice actors in here, including Miss Congeniality herself, Sandra Bullock, what did you think about her as, as Scarlet Overkill?
0: I thought she did very good, I actually don't know much about her, but, she did a very good to play that voice because her voice was very not like an evil supervillain, which she was. So I think she played a good part in that film. She did very well.
2: Yes, and one of the reasons I like, I love about the with Me franchise is that they show the behind the scenes of villains and their human life and their and what they do before they commit a commit a crime or anything. It's just, it's a it's kind of an innocent way of doing of showing it. Like we're doing it for a job and it's a fun little thing they have. They they do. It's like they have a convention, everything. It's I like the behind the scenes of that and seeing <sighs> and seeing the minions as their henchmen is hilarious. So if you were to be a supervillain, what would your name be and what would you be known for?
0: My name would be the my name would be Pr- prickliest, prickliest Triana is true. Yes, and I probably would freeze things and
2: go back in time. Freeze things and go back in time. That's yes. pretty cool. Now, see if my mom was supposed to pick my villain name, she would call me the slob because my <laughs> crime, the crime I would commit is not washing my dishes. Uh, <laughs> and for parents out there, that is by far the worst crime any child could commit. Nah, is <laughs> actually. <laughs> That's a good name, that's a great name and be able to freeze stuff and go back in time. Oh, the yeah. possibilities are endless. <laughs> now, this film looks like it has some great comedy in it. So what kind of comedy is in this film and what did you, what made it particularly funny?
0: Um, what made it particularly funny was that they could use different kinds of zapping objects. The wi- the voice the voice of the minions. And just the minions whole personality. And how they dressed, how they ate, and how they started out.
2: Yeah. the reaction to, like, the different times and everything. That's that's, that's yeah. pretty fun. And I understand there's quite a bit of slapstick in this film. Am I right?
0: What do you mean by
2: that? Slapstick. Like, punching, kicking, falling off buildings, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Slapstick. Now... I'm, most people are not a big fan of slapstick, but I feel like if it's done right and the timing of it's done right, slapstick can be the funniest thing ever. So what do you think about the timing of the different sorts of slapstick movements, such as them falling off buildings or maybe getting punched around?
0: I thought that part was hilarious. And I thought the timing was great because they all had it at different types of times instead of just having a, one big scene of them just fighting.
2: Instead of having it at different times and separating it. Yes, and it looks like our 11 in animation, and particularly slapstick, because there are no yeah. boundaries. You can't hurt your actors. <laughs> well, you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and today we were just talking about the films Terminator, Genesis, Ant-Man, Seven Dwarfs, and Minions. Right now we'll continue talking about Triana, about the Despicable Me sequel, uh, I'm sorry, prequel, Minions. So, you were talking about how the slapstick was hilarious and how the timing is perfect. What did you think about the animation itself?
0: I thought the animation was actually good because all these yellow little rascals, they actually, they actually are pretty funny. And they're, they're really cool when you actually see them in, this, in, a, in their original film. So, I thought that was pretty good.
2: Yes, and the animation company Illumination has done some very colorful films. I mean, you got Morax, the with Me franchise. I mean, they're really they're known for the really colorful animation, I and I I love it.
0: And all the colors and the way they were built. Yeah. And one eye and hair and everything.
2: Yes, totally. So, what would you say that your favorite character in this film is? Oh,
0: my favorite character. Would have to be Bob.
2: Bob, and why Bob?
0: Because he's so small, but he actually what? He actually played an important part in this film because he helped them through the journey. And everybody thought he was like a loser, and he was so little he couldn't do anything. But he actually played an important part, and he helped them with this journey hmm. of finding a master.
2: Oh. And I'm ge- I, I'm guessing we know which master they have next, but we won't spoil that. <laughs> so. Judging by this film, Minions, do you feel like that... Are you excited for what Illumination will do with the Despicable Me franchise? Do you feel like... I hear Despicable Me 3 is coming out. What are you most excited about that? Oh,
0: I'm excited. Very excited. Because it's probably going to be more hilarious. Different people in this film. More voiceovers. And I think it's just going to be more hilarious. I think it's going to be a really good film like this one. Because this one was awesome.
2: That's good. And also... What if you're not a fan of the Minions? What if you're you never really cared for them? Do you feel like do you think this movie will kind of make audience enjoy them more and fall in love with them? What do you think? I
0: think they will actually because they're just so cute and different from everybody else in this world. So I think they're like very individual characters. I think they did a good job.
2: Yeah, and I have nothing against Minions. I love them. I think they're hilarious. But Me too. I I know some friends who are just like, I can't stand them. So, <laughs> I guess I need to come over by the house and say, hey, let's watch Minions. And they'll thank me for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, are there any sort of messages in this film that you found that stood out?
0: I think the message should be that you cannot trust everyone and you should not trust everyone. Because oh. they couldn't trust Scarlet
2: Overkill. So. Yeah. But is there any... So, hmm, that's interesting. More So, don't trust anybody. Else. Um, I How think there's... Unless, unless what?
0: you really know them. Like, unless they're like a good friend and you knew them for a long time. And you're able to trust them. Interesting
2: more, especially for kids. And <sighs> is there... This film, I understand, may have quite a few villains. Not just Scarlet Overkill, but are there any other villains that may, may make a cameo or you see in there that you found that stood out to you that you may want to mention?
0: Um, Not really. I don't really... I don't really particularly care for the other ones. I thought just... Scarlet Overkill just did great. I really didn't get to know them very well in this film, so there were just like other super villains in this film. But I just focused on Scarlet Overkill instead of them. Hmm.
2: Well, Scarlet Overkill can really upstage, <laughs> and yes. that's the point of it all. And i I can't wait to see what I can't wait to see this film because I love Sandra Bullock, and it's I think she awesome. can do great comedy. Yes. So I have another question for your super vi- for your super villain name quickly, Triana. If there's any gadget, what would kind of gadget would you bring with you on your um, masquerade?
0: I would actually take the one that Bob had from the trance when you put the people into a trance and you put it on your head and they go into like a trance and they start singing and dancing, whatever. I think I would use that.
2: Oh, the possibilities. Yes. Yeah. That's great. That's actually perfect thing to bring. So what would you say the age range for this film is?
0: Um, I think the age range should be... I think the age range should be from 6 to 15. And why? Because it has a great message, it's hilarious, and it's a nice family movie to watch with your family. But
2: well, 6 to 15, I fit in that category, so I guess I'm going to be checking out this <laughs> film. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Triana, for talking about Minions. It's been a pleasure as always.
0: It's been a pleasure as well. Thank you for
2: having me. This film is in theaters now, so please go check it out. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our video reviews of the latest film and DVD releases, and to learn how you, too, can become a Kids First film critic, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Also, check out our blog on our Kids First website in Huffington Post. We are produced by Coalition for, Children, for Quality Children's Media. We believe that smart kids make smart consumers. I'm your host, Keith Blaisley. Thank you for listening.